True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And today we have a really exciting guest. He's sort of got the ball rolling on all these recent conversations about the new POI. But before we introduce him, we're going to read a quick review and it is from Leanne. It says, Hi, Crystal and Renee. I'm so happy I came across True Crime Broads. I really enjoy listening to your podcast and find you and your guests to be intriguing and insightful. Thank you for being courageous and caring, wanting to bring justice to Missy's family and to many other families that still need justice. It's people like you girls at True Crime Broads that make the world a better place. That is so sweet. That really is sweet. Thank you, Leanne. That was actually a Facebook review. We usually read our Apple reviews, but today that was a Facebook review. Thank you, Leanne. And our guest today is Christopher Paul. He is the Paul Stanley impersonator, the singer for the local tribute band called Rock and Roll Over. They're very, very good. They're not just good musically, but they also have all the movements down. I mean, you feel like, I mean, I, my husband was like, here's Renee. Everything. My, you know, huge Kiss fan growing right. up. And th- my husband was mesmerized. Like I could tell he thought he was watching Kiss, you know? Yeah. So we're looking forward to going and seeing him live next month. And we just wanted to, you know, let you guys know that his group is fantastic. And he was also an amazing guest here on True Crime Broad. So stay tuned. Enjoy the show. Recording in progress. Well, hang on. I don't want to do that. I want to do it on recording cloud. stopped. Hang on. We'll do it on the cloud. There we go. That way we can recording in progress. <laughs> Welcome back to True Crime Broads. We are very excited to have Christopher on today. He is the original person that introduced us to the whole Blizzard of Oz family. So he is the singer of Rock and Roll Over, which is a very popular Kiss cover band. Uh, They're actually a tribute band. All right, Christopher, thanks for joining us on True Crime Broads. Good afternoon. Finally, we get to do this. Yay! We're so excited to have you on. You know, you're like the real MVP here. You're the one that introduced us to shame and shame's interview got all these other people to open up and come forward so you're actually the originator of all this recent activity and we're very thankful to you for that we really are and so are our fans so thank you fans well i'm I'm (laughs) listeners i should say anything that uh can make justice come out of this case i'm all for um this is just where our group of people in the tribute band scene i mean pointed towards where there's smoke there usually is fire and there's just a lot of a lot of pull going in uh this person tammy lejeune heap welch her direction gosh she has more names than david lee roth (laughs) (laughs) that's funny That is true. Well, yeah, so, I appreciate you coming forward and telling me about this. Gosh, we're coming up on a year ago. I think I started talking to you in January, and then Renee jumped in the group chat in the spring. So we're just super talk, excited to be here with you today. Talk about how that all originated, about how he commented on something, and we all got connected with him. Oh, yeah. So Christopher, our guest today, he clicked. He he was in Who Killed Missy Beavers, which is a pretty popular Facebook group about the case. And he commented that he really thought that it was a woman who was using her husband's tactical gear and was married to a cop. And I was like, Hey now. So I sent him a private message and found out that 
he was talking about the same person that some of us other people had been talking about. And what really struck me, Christopher, was that you and I are from different walks of life. We don't have any mutual friends. And here you were drawing the same exact conclusion. Exactly. I thought the same thing. That's that's what I believe we spoke about. I spoke to my wife about my friends. I'm like, this is just too coincidental or however you'd like to phrase it that exactly we don't know each other at all and here we are you know drawing parallel lines directly to the same person and this person just happens to have hightailed it as far away as she can get without crossing the canadian border yeah it's very interesting maybe so, they don't want her so let's <laughs> Let's backtrack a little bit and talk about how you came to suspect this person yourself, because obviously you had suspected her long before you heard of True Crime Broads, so or even our Facebook group. So kind of take us back to the beginning when you started to go, wow, that could be the person. Well, as uh, the common thread seems to be in the musician circle, Scott Floyd, um, when I met Scott, I certainly didn't know him as as long as shame or anything like that. You know, he was kind of like a shooting star. He was here for a little while and then poof, you know, he, he started descending real fast and then he was gone. So, but you know, Scott was always good to me. I hooked um, Blizzard of Oz up with a show in New Mexico and I had asked shame, Hey, just, you know, a little finder's fee, throw me 50 bucks or whatever. And, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't come across. And, you know, I didn't really press it. Just, you know, it's one of those things you just kind of mental note of, but you don't want to make a big deal out of 50 bucks. It's not going to pay your house note or anything. So you just let it go. So anyway, um, rock and roll over my Kiss tribute band that thank you for mentioning that as well. Um, we were doing a show in Louisville and we're loading in and who should be there, but Scott Floyd. And, um, He's like, hey, did you ever get that 50 bucks? And I'm like, no, man, I didn't get it. But, you know, whatever. I'm not going to trip out. And uh, Scott goes, well, no, I don't want that kind of, you know, bad blood or anything like that. So he gave me the 50 bucks. And I thought that was really, really nice of him. Wow, that was really so, nice. It was, you know, it was very uh, respectable and, you know, professional. And I really appreciated it. So, you know, he and I kind of uh, became friends, but we're not hanging out or anything. I kind of. You know, I have a, a young daughter, especially she was much younger at that point that I'm still raising. So I, I kind of when I'm not putting on kiss makeup and dancing around in high heels, I, I kind of focus on, you know, being there for my daughter. And uh, so I don't really hang out with a lot of people and make the scene and do all that stuff. I'm kind of over that. So anyway, fast forward and rock and roll over performing in Frisco at um, a venue and Blizzard of Oz happened to be on the bill. You know, they're they're kicking off the night for us. I hate to use opening band and all that. It just seems so demeaning. So I always say, hey, they're kicking off the night, you know, because they're such a great band in their own right. So um, I'm in the dressing room and I, I'm sitting down and I'm, you know, doing my kiss makeup, which I'm not the best at. So I really have to focus. You know, even after all this time, if I have two weeks off, you know, it's just I can't ugh, I have to fight to get the star on correctly. And, you know, it's just a mess. So I'm really focusing. And this woman comes and sits down right across from me. I mean, it, like almost nose to nose. And she just launches into um, 
Well, let me say that, first of all, we had just we had been touring the nation quite a bit. We have been doing casinos in Los Angeles and Seattle and Phoenix. And, you know, she figured I have the inroads to that and that, you know, she could get a bite of that apple for Blizzard of Oz. Well, hurrah for her. That's that's a great inclination, but it's not my hookup. It's an agent. And he, you know, I try to explain this to her and she's just really vociferously coming at me about this aggressively. Her eyes are just bugging out of her head. Just, well, they're the best and you just don't understand. And I'm like, you're preaching to the choir. I think they're awesome, but there's not much I can do. And she's just not taking no for an answer. And, uh, you know, this went on for a good five to seven minutes. And while if you're sitting there watching a football game or a television show, five to seven minutes just goes right by. But when somebody is just grilling you and peppering you with why you can't make this happen for them, you know, that's a long five to seven minutes. And it was just really aggressive, but I meet a lot of strange characters doing what I do. So I just kind of tried to blow it off, you know, and, and leave it alone, focus on my task at hand, getting that darn makeup on and getting on stage and giving my best performance. So, but it really stuck with me afterwards. I was like, who is this woman? And come to find out she's dating Scott Floyd. And um, fast forward a little bit further and there's a band change up in, um, in Blizzard of Oz. Uh, as as Shame had mentioned, there was a shakeup in his band. You know, they they seem to uh, have members come and go. It's it's wonderful to see their original lineup back together. But um, a friend of mine named Jim Cry, who plays guitar, was you know in the band at that point. And our current drummer in rock and roll over, Mr. Jeff Gerhardt, he was doing lots of fill-in shows with them because they lost both of those members while Scott Floyd is still in, in position as the bass player. Well, you know, I'm hanging out with Jim Cry and we're working on some music at his uh, rehearsal studio. And I don't know how it comes up, but Missy Beavers, the, the subject comes up and uh, Jim Cry just starts, I know who did it. And he's this Tammy Lejeune person is who everybody around here thinks did this. And here's why. And as you mentioned, it, there's just a lot of um, circumstantial evidence. Being married to a police officer, she's going to have access to, you know, outdated SWAT gear. You know, she can just go right into the closet and pull that out. It was obviously ill-fitting. It was, it was a person that was too small to be in that clothing. And then I speak to Jeff Gerhardt later on when he joins the band, you know, my band rock and roll over. And he's like, Oh yeah, that B word did it. And he's like, shame knows all about it. And here's why, pardon me. He, he's like, again, with the tactical gear and that he's seen her walk around without that equipment on. And she has that distinctive limp or gait, however you want to say it. So that's two people telling me. Now, what, and then, ma what made Jim and Jeff think it was her? Um, sorry, I know you have a cold. What, like, what right. made them take it? Because, you know, a lot of people walk funny and a lot of people can access tactical gear. So, like, why did they connect her, uh, this particular person, Tammy, to the murder besides those two items? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, 
I, I don't really want to speculate upon that, but I think it was largely based upon what shame uh, Robert, the singer for the Ozzy band, had told them. And I believe one of them had mentioned that there was even video um, of her like at a gig walking around. Okay. And, um, you know, that the gate looked very similar and okay. it was never mentioned until, you know, Robert Shames um, podcast with you ladies that um, she had confessed to Robert's wife. So that was really a well-guarded secret. I didn't know about that until I heard your podcast, because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Robert doesn't want to put his wife in danger. But when people hear it enough and it doesn't go away, um, the heat starts turning up. And that brings me to my next thing with Tammy is um, just out of the blue, I get a phone call from a phone number I don't recognize. And, you know, usually I don't answer those. So because I, I get a lot of phone calls, you know, my number is up on the website uh, for Rock and Roll Over, which is rockandrollover.net, by the way. And um, I just didn't answer it or I didn't see the call. One of the one of the two. It's been, you know, three years at least since that happened. And uh, so I go to check my voicemail and it goes the voicemail goes along these lines. This is Tammy Lejeune. Can I help you? Very forceful, much like uh, it took a darker turn even than when she was face to face with me. It took a darker turn than that. And um, then, you know, if you don't hang up the phone, the voicemail just continues. So that was the only words that she said. And then it just went silent and it was like a two and a half minute voice message and it was very creepy creeped me out pretty bad and um i don't know i assume she got my number from scott but she wasn't calling from scott's number so and uh so that that really weirded me out as well now fast forward a little please go ahead no i said right that was so creepy it was and you know, just it was very icy and foreboding when she did speak. And then it just it just trailed off, you know, and it just was it didn't end until the phone decided, well, that's enough of this, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, so fast forward a little further and Scott is still with Tammy, obviously. And Scott is asked to join my guitar player. Um, his name is Alan Shelley. He's asked to uh, join his band, his other band called Wound Tight. And uh, Scott just starts, you know, showing up for rehearsals. And guess who's with him? Uh, Tammy. And she's just like videoing herself at the rehearsals and then zooming in on Scott's crotch and getting down on her knees by his crotch and just really strange stuff. And you know, it, just really odd behavior. And um, so Scott just starts showing up late to rehearsals and then to gigs. So there one rehearsal and Scott shows up extremely late without Tammy. And one of the guys in wound tight says something to the effect, well, where's your sidekick, Tammy? You know, she's a real killer. And Scott just blew his stack he was infuriated and just he left and they never saw or heard from him again hmm. so he really took that to heart you know that 
wow, it's just everywhere he goes, this rumor is starting to dog him. And um, I think it really started to affect him. And he was never one to be late or, you know, show up disheveled until he got with her. And the large assumption that was that he was uh, doing some hard drugs. You could see the circles under his eyes and, you know, just his skin was like a gray color. He just looked bad. Um, and it was, it was such a shame because, you know, going back to the $50 and he had loaned us some special effects equipment for another show. And, you know, I offered to pay him. He refused, you know, Scott had always been just like a real stand up guy. Now he can't even, you know, take advantage of his opportunities. It was just a real shame. And it wasn't hard to draw a connection to why that was. It was Tammy Lejeune, Heap, Welch, David Lee Roth, girl. <laughs> wow. Yeah, definitely a change in his demeanor and the way he does business. That's interesting. So um, we understand that um, – MPD finally reached out to you. Is that correct? Or did you call them? I don't remember what happened, but I do believe that you guys finally connected. Initially, I, I had called Crime Stoppers and much like everyone that seems to come on your show, we were just met with, you know, resistance. Um, and then they never followed up or called back or anything like that. Um, but yes, Midlothian Police Department, a female detective, I can't recall her name, she called me and she was asking me, you know, questions and I gave her all I could. Um, obviously, much of what I have is secondhand information, but it seems to be the information that everyone is running around with about that person, Tammy. Right. So I, I shared what I knew and what I had heard, which... Uh, I guess could be conjecture or speculation, but we're all conjecturing and speculating the same thing. <laughs> right. So, Good point. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that I should say this, but the detect whenever I mention Tammy's name, you know, I, of course, I don't want to say all five of her names every time. We'll be here all day <laughs> doing that every time. <laughs> but um, I said that, you know, I, I just have this notion and so do many other people around here, especially in the music scene, that she is responsible for the murder of Missy Beavers. And the detective, she said that she has the same feeling. I don't want to say that she's 100 percent or anything like that. I don't want to make it seem like she has blinders or tunnel vision. But uh, Tammy is thankfully, again, a person of interest. Interesting. Yes, that's good to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we also had heard from Shame's wife that Scott had actually told Shame on a long car ride, ride to California that that Tammy did it. So that's very interesting. It just seems like um, seems like Scott's really the one that holds the um, the missing piece, and he could choose to move forward with this case or choose to stand by her and stay quiet. But it sounds like if we can believe what we're hearing, that he is well aware that she is the one, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, what kind of love must you have for a person to uh, stand by a murderer, especially if it happened just prior or at the beginning of your relationship? You know, I don't want to speculate, you know, I don't know if they were together at that time or not, but maybe Scott, possibly drove her 
you know, there and back. Maybe that's why he doesn't want to say anything. But I, I sure hate to think that, mm-hmm. you know, but right. with with his silence, you know, what is the motive behind it? I, I just can't see, you know, being so in love with somebody at the beginning of a relationship that I would stand by somebody that has confessed to murder to me. Um, and there's no justification strong enough for for this kind of you know, heinous act. And I just really, if nothing else, it would be wonderful if they would just drag her weird butt back down here and question her again, if they aren't, if they haven't all, you know, if they have already questioned her, I, I would like to see if it, you know, them do it again. And if it's not her, then, you know, okay, let's move on and, and not waste any more resources on it. But there's just so, there's just too much smoke. There's got to be fire here. And I, I, I and others just sincerely believe that uh, Tammy killed Missy Beavers. Yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from. And when we had Susan on our show, we asked her to please go over that confession with us. And when she, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but when she was on our show, that's our mo- one of our most recent I think it is our most mm-hmm. recent episode at this point um, that's been published. And she said that Tammy actually told her that her husband's brother did it. Which and his is, wife. And his wife, which is so bizarre. We've never even heard that before. But, you know, it kind of speaks to what you're saying. Why would she be pointing the finger at someone else? And and then she followed up by telling Susan, if you tell anyone this, I'll know you told it. Now, what's interesting is shame had told us that Tammy confessed to Susan, but when we had Susan on, Susan said that's what Tammy told her. So we don't know if maybe, um, maybe Susan got some cold feet and didn't want to share that, or if maybe shame misunderstood or or something. We don't really know th- what the deal is, but she sort of contradicted a little bit what shame had said about that conversation between her and Tammy. So we don't really know. Well, not only that, but she also mentioned a couple of times, I can't believe, and and this is according to um, people we've had on like Winteris and other people, we can't believe they haven't caught the killer of Missy Beavers. That's just crazy. And then all of a sudden she doesn't want to tell the fact that she thinks or is inferring that she knows who did it. So I thought that was weird. What were you going to say, Christopher? I actually have listened to both uh, Robert Shame's podcast and his wife's. Um, it seems to me like she, uh, was a little sketchy on some details because so much time has passed, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I don't know that she was trying to contradict anything. Um, I I noticed the contradictory factor as well and it it raised an eyebrow, but, um, she also was very clear in that, you know, so much time had passed and, you know, that some of the details have become sketchy. Right. So I completely understand that. Yeah. But um, but on on the other hand, you know, I feel like a, enough of their details do line up to where Tammy needs to be questioned again. And um, that that's the gist of my sentiment for being here today and taking part is let's let's question her again. Why not? What is to be you know what? There's nothing to be lost by questioning this person again. Right. And um, I, I just think there's something to be gained from it and perhaps the resolution of this. And uh, I don't know if there's people 
inside the police department, as shame has inferred, that don't want it solved because, you know, it'll put a black mark on the police department. I don't know if that's the case. I certainly hope not. Um, but anything's possible. I mean, I don't want to go too far and go crazy, but I mean, we did have a president murdered here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and we still don't really completely know what happened there. And that's a president, much less, you know, just um, a mother who's a fitness instructor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just things, uh, things get covered up for various reasons. And I, again, I'm not saying that that's the case because I, I certainly don't want to drive through Midlothian and get pulled over. Oh, you're that guy that said that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, like my husband said, we probably shouldn't assign malice if, um, to incompetence, but you know, hard to say, hard to say. Um, it does seem it like, is. it does seem like they do want it solved. Tammy's husband for those of you joining us for the first time is retired dallas pd very long career i think almost 35 years with dallas pd respected police officer um no association really other than they're all cops with midlothian police but there has been a lot of chatter about people are assuming because it hasn't been solved yet that him being a cop is a factor but i personally don't think that and i hope it's not the case but who like you like you said anything goes um we don't know the answers to these questions of course exactly and the only real question i want answered is who did this and they need to face justice mm -hmm. and i'm on here today because i believe tammy did it and again i hate to be a broken record i would love for her to be questioned and uh Put her feet to the fire. See what right. happens. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, go ahead, please. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah, you know, that's what I was going to say. You um, you were courageous. You came forward. You talked about it. Um, and then, of course, we discussed it. You talked to police. And then now you're coming here to, you know, say your part. And we just encourage more people to do that because that's how cases get solved. When police don't have enough information or enough evidence to do it, we need people to come forward. So... Uh, we appreciate you doing that, and we do ask anybody else who has information, you know, such as yours, to please come forward. Yes, and Christopher, you've been a huge um, help in this case because without you, we wouldn't have had the shame interview. Without the shame interview, Rusty and Winters wouldn't have come forward, and it's just sort of snowballing from there. So thank you for starting this activity. Gosh, I mean, it's the least I could do. And the last thing I want to mention is when I spoke to the Midlothian uh, detective, she asked me if I knew of any video of Tammy walking. So um, I, like I said, I seem to remember Jim Cry telling me that he had seen video um, of her walking that was in Shame's possession. So if, if he were able to call that video out, I know it's been years and who knows, it could be recorded over. Um, mm -hmm. if, if he could find that video and present it, you know, to the Midlothian Police Department, that may be just one more little step towards this, because obviously the police are asking to see video of her walking for a reason. Right. Absolutely. And um, OK, so, Christopher, on a different note, when is your next when is rock and roll over playing in the Metroplex next time? Well, again, you can check rock and roll over dot net. We have. Plenty of shows coming up to round out the year. Locally, we will be performing at House of Blues on December 1st. It's Ooh, going nice. to be an unplugged. It is. We're looking forward to it. I think it's uh, not going to be on the main stage. 
Um, it's been a couple of years, you know, since the pandemic, they really haven't brought back a lot of the local tribute bands. I think one, you know, uh, the mighty back in black has performed there one time and gosh, those guys have owned that place for years. But anyway, December 1st, will be at house of blues doing an unmasked meaning no makeup and uh, unplugged show. I believe it's in the foundation room. And then on December 17th, uh, we'll be performing at a venue in Louisville called T's, like T apostrophe S. Uh, that will be my birthday show. I think I said that it's on Saturday, December 17th. Nice. And then uh, the rest of the shows that we have this year are um, spread out around Texas and Abilene and down by San Antonio. And we also have a private event coming up um, in Dallas on the 15th, but that's neither here nor there for the public. Are you on the 17th on your birthday? Will you guys be in full makeup? We sure will. Awesome. We're um, going to go. Let's go to tease. Yeah, let's okay. do that yeah. one. That hey, good. we binge watched your videos. They're fantastic. If anyone out there hasn't become aware of Rock and Roll Over yet and you're in the Dallas area, you really ought to see them. And like Christopher was just saying, they also tour. You're going to be coming up in San Antonio, you said? Yeah, it'll be in Selma, which is uh, about 20 minutes north of San Antonio. And, uh, as far as San Antonio goes, we're hoping to have something in San Antonio proper at um, Sam's Burger Joint, which is I know it sounds like, you know, a lunch counter, but it's it's really not. It's, it's <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> it's like a, yeah, the food is great and it's a really nice venue. It's very uh, I'm going to use the word intimate, but it's built for music and we're looking to return there in February. And uh, we just got through last. That's why I'm kind of under the weather. We just came back from doing Lafayette and New Orleans last week, and it was rainy and cold, but uh, we went and did it. So we're always getting after it. We were offered a show to play actually the day after Thanksgiving. But, you know, I have a few members that are um, unavailable, so. I've always wanted to do the one man band thing. So maybe I need to start rehearsing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, well, yeah. We're so excited to come see you and thank you for spending time with us here today. It was a pleasure. We look forward to communicating with you in, in, you know, in the future and also just everybody, just so everyone knows he is the Paul Stanley character in the rock and roll over in the kiss tribute band. And we can't wait to come and see you. So yeah, thanks I'm for joining so us. Have a great day. We hope you get to feeling better. All right. Thank you thanks, so much. Christopher. Thank Take you. care. Bye-bye. 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 This episode is brought to you by Page 2 Inspection Services, LLC. Specializing in foundation inspection reporting, commercial, residential, and home or mixed-use properties. They handle prompt reporting and services at the most competitive price in the structural engineering field. PAL Engineering Services also specializes in structure, structural reporting, and mechanical engineering in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, and throughout the state of Texas. They do structural inspection, track full home inspection and evaluation, foundation inspection and repair plan, modular home inspection, pest inspection, mechanical and electrical inspections, drainage plans, and retaining walls. Be sure and check them out at uh, www.page2inspections.com or www.palengineeringinc.com. The phone number to reach them at is 972-268-4140. Thank you for supporting True Crime Broads.
You do the math. I bust the bag. You take a tab. My cut you fast. You at a gas.